0: I know everyone's excited to head to Tempe, Arizona to play Arizona State week two, but on this funky, fresh, fired-up Friday, we're going to talk about why Central Arkansas is must-see TV for you and me. You are Locked On Oklahoma State, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma State Cowboys, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, y'all, and hello, all. Welcome back to Locked On Oklahoma State, your daily stop for all things cowboy and cowgirl related. My name is Cody Stovall. I want to thank you kindly for stopping by to make this your first listen here on Locked On Oklahoma State. We're available on all of your podcasting platforms, visually as well on YouTube, and you can find me on Twitter at state. Indeed, the first game of the season is likely to be a little bit of a blowout, which is fine. It's what you expect. But what most people do in a game like this is maybe catch the first half. And whenever it gets kind of crazy, like 50 to 3, they tune it off. I'm here to say that should not be the case. That should not be the case, especially this season. We all know the, the normal, you know, candidates for who everybody in cowboy country knows and loves coming into this season. So we'll talk about some of those guys, but more importantly, I think is imperative for Oklahoma state fans to get behind this season. It's going to be one of those things where you're going to look back and say, I got to be a part of that run to Arlington. I got to be at this game. I got to be at that game, whatever the case may be. And you're not going to want to miss out on having this opportunity. So even if you're just watching Central Arkansas game September 2nd at 6 p.m. Central on ESPN Plus, stay to the end because it's what we have coming up that is almost, I would say, more important than the guys that we all already know. It's the guys in the 2D, the guys that are third stringers that we all need to know because they're going to be playing against Central Arkansas. So we don't want to find ourselves in a position where we're like, well, who is that guy? So let's break down. Some of those, but before we got, uh, before we do, we got to get to the normal culprits. like who are the guys that we all know, and everybody's already talking about? Well, of course, you could start it off with Alan Bowman. Alan Bowman is is a transfer that seems to be holding on to the job, although he's got people nipping right on his heels. Blaine Green suffered a few injuries, right? He, he dealt with mon, mon, multiple injuries last season, and now that he's in this role. We're ready for him to show us what he can do on a on a day-to-day basis. He's shown flashes, but he hasn't shown it on a day-to-day basis. Jaden Bray being the guy on the outside. Another guy, just like Blaine Green, that had multiple injuries to the same area that required surgeries, that required him to miss the season. We all know what he can be, that Des Bryant type of guy, but now it's the time to see it. Kendall Daniels. The, the All-American that should be on every list in the country. Colin Oliver's already in multiple lists in the country, as is Brennan Presley. John Stribling, wide receiver transfer from Washington State. I don't necessarily know that he's a household name, but I, I think most Oklahoma State fans are very well aware that he's come in and he's done a lot. He's done a tremendous amount to stabilize the outside wide receiver positions, whether it be Z or the X, which we can get into a little bit later as well. Trey Rucker, Trey Rucker will be a household name. Very early on in this season, the, the way the guy plays the game, is it's rare. It's old school. You don't see a lot of it anymore. And because we have depth behind him, he's going to be afforded the opportunity to play at full speed, all gas, no brakes, leave no quarter, no mercy, no excuses. That will be Trey Rucker. Everybody's expecting a lot out of the Lyric Rawls this season, as they should. He showed us last season what he could potentially be, especially in the bowl game. His transformation from six months ago to now is pretty insane. So I think most people are very well aware what he's going to be able to provide. Colin Clay, right? It's weird to think that he could even potentially be a backup. If you have a four down lineman scenario, he's not. But if you go to three down, he technically is. It's crazy to think that somebody like Colin Clay has advanced himself to this position and is still somewhat of an unknown backup. That's crazy to me. The running back position, right? Whether it's Jaden Nixon, Ollie Gordon, Elijah Collins, those guys have been topics of conversation. And Jaden Nixon's been here for quite some time. So most Cowboy fans understand who he is and what he provides. Cam Smith may be a little bit more unknown. He played quite a bit last year, six foot, 292 pound corner that, um, yeah, again, showed us what he could do in the bowl game. He stepped up to be even more of a leader this year since his brother, Dylan Smith's also on the roster. It, it, it's given him some opportunities to show some maturity, to show some leadership, and to show why he is the guy opposite of Corey Black. Another guy who it's crazy to think is a backup is Talon Shetron. Talon Shetron is a potential NFL-style guy. I know it. You know it. I think a decent amount of the country knows it, especially while he was getting recruited. But he dealt with some injuries last year. He expected, he's already talked about it, he expected to come in and, and play immediately right away as a true freshman. That was his expectation. And you want that confidence in a young man. But he also learned a lot as well by uh, dealing with adversity and injuries and there's a difference between hurt and being injured, how to battle through it. He did all that. He did all that. And Mike Gundy said that he is the hardest working wide receiver there is point-blank period, that is going to show up on the field. Josiah Johnson, the tight end, the transfer from UMass, went to UMass to play quarterback, then switched to the tight end position just last year. So he's in his infancy stages of understanding what he needs to do from the tight end position. But the athleticism is there. The size is there. The speed is there. The intellectual ability to understand what quarterbacks are looking at and looking for is going to help him whether it be settling down the zone or extending the flat or getting a linebacker or safety purposely out of position to set up a throw. Those are things that Josiah Johnson is going to be able to provide for us. So from the tight end position, he's a name we need to know. Garrett Rangel and Gunnar Gunny both. Gunnar Gunny had a phenomenal spring, as did Garrett Rangel. Garrett Rangel last season was not ready, primarily physically, right? And he put a lot of uh, effort into that this offseason. He's developed his body. He's transformed. He's got a little bit uh, better of a throwing motion, a little bit higher, a little bit quicker release. Seems to have a little bit more zing on the ball, and Gunnar Gundy is, is staying in the conversation. There's there's nobody in the quarterback room that has completely run away with the job. Now, as we discussed earlier uh, in the week, I do think that Gundy strongly wanted... Alan Bowman to come in and be the guy. He wanted Garrett Rangel and Gunner Gundy to learn from Alan Bowman and see, right, this is how it goes. This is how it's done. This is how you go under center and perform X, Y, Z type of task. But Garrett Rangel's been playing that good that it is still a conversation. And Gunner Gundy has been playing almost equally as good right behind him. It's, it's a good position that, that we're in. Uh, Aiden Kelly, right, a guy that's come up in the system for a couple of years now, had to you know kind of get used to the, uh, the the speed of the game, the size of the guys he was going up against, the tenacity involved. He's got all that down. He's healthy now. He's a pretty well known name, right? Um, but he's going to have a pretty good season. Rashad Owens, especially now that we know Blaine Green is going to take all of the slot receiver options with Arlen Bruce being out at the moment. Rashad Owens is going to play a big hand in the wide receiver room this year, and his versatility cannot be understated. We know how many positions he can play. You say the same about Kale Cabanus? I'd say most Cowboy fans know who Kale Cabanus is, not only because of his brother K playing baseball for Josh Holiday, but also because of the catch against Boise State, and then he also had some pretty good plays last season. Zadek Zaragoza, somebody else that – you know, he replaces Matt as Matt Hembro goes on to have, have a phenomenal NFL career, which we all believe that he he will. But just the story in and of itself for Zeke Zaragoza is pretty cool. His path here, how he got here, what he's had to battle throughout his life adversity-wise to even get to this point. But he's also got talent. It's, it's not just the story. Zeke Zaragoza is a good story, but he's also a good football player, and we're going to be able to see it this year. We've just been so blessed with Matt Hembro that we didn't we didn't know any different but those are the normal guys, right? Those are the guys that everybody knows that we've all already had several conversations about, or we've already seen them get on the field at Oklahoma State and do some things. Now we need to talk about what I think is the meat and taters. The most important part of this game is the guys that come in after. So who are the names that we all need to be familiar with at a very uh, early age and early on to the season? We'll get to that the next, but before you get somewhere, you got to make sure that the, the vehicle you're rocking and rolling in is going to, in fact, to get you there. So you got to make sure you have the right fit because it's just like building a championship level team. If you don't have the right players, the right parts and the right fits, it ain't going to work. In your vehicle, if you need parts or accessories, you need to be heading to eBay Motors right now with the eBay guaranteed fit. You can make sure that every part you need will, in fact, fit right the first time around. Add your ride to the My Garage, look for the green check, to then know that your part will, in fact, fit or your money back. Because just like, again, in sports, you got to be pretty daggone confident. Confidence is the name of the game. you got to be confident in what you're buying, so make sure that you're shopping at eBay Motors, because with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll get back in the game in no time. After all, it's kind of easy to bring home the W when you know all the parts fit right and are guaranteed to do so. So get the right parts, get the right fit at the right prices using ebaymotors.com. Again, that is ebaymotors.com. And the famous words, Russ Wilson, let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit only available for U.S. customers. Eligible items and exclusions do apply. So now we get to get into the meat and taters, the fun stuff for me. It's not just about the Kendall Daniels and the Colin Olivers of the world you got to have conversations about the guys who are outperforming right now the guys who are not only making a name for themselves but pushing to to get a lot of playing time so we're going to we're going to break this down we're going to go through the top 12 of the underclassmen or the guys who don't really ha- have a name and we could we could segue this real quick with the idea that the offensive lineman that are in the backup role, like a Noah McKinney or, or Jack and Dean or Gage Stanland, Jacoby Sanders. Those are all young guys from the offensive line that are going to be very intriguing to watch this season. But let's jump in my top twelve. I went back and forth on this one between Donovan Smith and, and Jalen Pope. Jalen Pope, six foot, 190 pound wide receiver that we stole from Air Force. We were able to steal him from Air Force because when he when he was going through the recruiting process, the dude was like 510, bucks, 70. He committed to the body-by-glass system. He committed to getting prepared to be an asset this season. And now that, um, you know, we've got the the news of Arlen Bruce, yeah, we're fine where we stand. That means somebody like a Jalen Pope, somebody like a Cameron Hurd is likely to be called upon if one injury happens, right? But for the 12th spot, we're going to go with Donovan Stevens, the six foot, 220-pound Dale City, Oklahoma native, has made a name for himself in the last couple of years on special teams, right? We know that he is a valuable weapon uh, on special teams. But he does make some plays defensively, and he's good enough to, to play at a lot of different places, which is why he's definitely on this list, because he is going to get some playing time. So we need to get familiar with some of the guys that, that haven't been the normal cast that are going to be involved this season. All right. Number 11, we're going to go Israel Ishaman Hunley, the six foot five, 260-pound defensive end out of Heritage High School in Coleyville, Texas. It's taken him a couple of years to get it going, kind of like Xavier Ross. It, it takes a little while to adjust, to understand, because it's not just about physical ability. If you're 6'5", 260, and you run a 4740, 40, okay, you're probably going to have the ability to do some stuff, but there's some technique involved. There's some... Eye discipline involved. There's some getting off of blocks and using proper technique and hand placement to get the offensive line's hand out of your chest involved. And it, it takes time to kind of combine all that. And Israel Isman Hunley is going to be the guy that kind of puts it all together this season. So watch out for number 37. Jumping into number 10, it's Hudson Cock. Hudson Cock is a six foot one, 220 pound punter that we were able to steal from Pro Kick Australia not just because we've been watching Tom Hutton for the last 2 years who's also a product of Pro Kick Australia but Hudson does things that are a little bit different. Tom Hutton was a, a consummate professional who learned how to put English and everything on the ball. Part of that is is what they teach at Pro Kick. But Hudson can do all of that plus he's got athleticism that we haven't seen from the the punter position for quite some time. He's excited. When he was on this show we, we talked about somebody like um, a Pat McAfee, right? Hudson, Hudson-Cock is all about that life. He wants to tackle people. He wants to do fake plays, uh, fake punts. He wants to take off running. He wants to be mixed up in everything he can get his hands on from a physical perspective. That's pretty rare. The mentality that he carries over from the rugby mindset to here, it's still applicable. He's not just a kicker. He's an athletic kicker that doesn't mind laying the wood occasionally, or at least he wants to try. That in and of itself has me excited. Tom Hutton was a weapon. Hudson-Cock can go both ways. He can roll right and punt, roll left and punt, take off and punt. The versatility has been the the, the theme, right, for this entire team, this entire season. Hudson-Cock fits that mold. So yes, I'm excited to watch a punter play the game of football. Number nine has got to be Ceci of Alahe. From the Jalen Warren tree, same same high school, same high school coach, same running style, and almost the same size. He's 5'11", 200 pounds. We've built a good little pipeline out of the Salt Lake City area, which we'll get into because we've got another guy on this list from the same area. But... We know that you need four running backs. You need you need four running backs in today's game of football. We know the situation we currently have with RB1, 1A, 1B, 1C, that type of situation. But she's going to be called upon. We've got a couple of walk-ons that have been getting some PT and actually been doing stuff as well. But this dude falls in that Jalen Warren type of mold and it's gonna be like oh, watching a little bit of a flashback. The difference is instead of getting Jalen Warren for four years, we get him for or one year, we get him for four years now. He's gonna play. We're gonna need him. And I'm excited to watch it. All right. Number eight on the list is gonna be Leon Johnson III, the third, the six foot five, two hundred and ten-pound wide receiver out of the state of Washington, the transfer from George Fox University, the powerhouse. The size and the speed are slightly deceptive. The comp I've been able to make repeatedly is Marcel Aitman. And, guys, Marcel Aitman is still still getting some some playing time on NFL rosters right now. Is he ever going to be a big-time guy? No. Is he always going to be more of a, a role guy that's reserved for specific types of jobs? Yeah, probably. And that's fine. You need a red zone target. You need a, a big guy that has athletic ability that can help bail you out in situations. You got to have one of those dudes. Leon Johnson is that guy, and he's got the athleticism to match why he's at the Division One level. It just stinks if we only get him for a year, right? It's the same concept as Jalen Warren. If Leon Johnson the third would have been at this level, there's no telling what he would look like. So hopefully we can see a little bit of that this season. Number seven on the list, We just talked about the Salt Lake City-Utah connection. Nick Session. Six-foot, 195-pound safety from Gardena, California, but played for East High School in Salt Lake City, Utah. He's somebody that physically has put a lot of time and a lot of effort into getting himself prepared for this level. Somewhat comparable to Donovan Stevens. You've seen him show up on, on special teams quite a bit. And when he does get playing time, he does seem to to show up. That's going to be no different this season. He's not going to get the most PT, but when he is in there, the other safeties have said he's ready. Like he is ready to perform whatever task is asked of him. So depth is key. Depth is key if you're going to make a run at any type of trophy. And we have a decent amount of the depth, and Nick Session adds to that depth at safety. All right, let's go to the cornerback position. Number six on the list is going to be Kale Smith. Kind of came out of nowhere. And it's nice because the the Midwest City Oklahoma product is the little guy in the room. I have 5'11, 175 pounds. Most of our corners are six foot, six one, six two, six three. I'll say it again. You didn't you didn't mishear me. Most of our cornerbacks are six one to six three. That's pretty, pretty commonplace for what we have now. Cale Smith ain't that guy, but he's the guy that keeps making plays. It doesn't matter where you put him on the depth chart. When he gets in, he makes plays. And if you keep having interception and you keep causing problems, you're going to get in the ballgame. He has worked himself up this spring and this fall from somebody that was very, very low on the list to somebody that's definitely going to be getting some playing time this year because you cannot replace production. He's been very productive so far coming into this season. All right, now we get to break into the top five. Number five on the list, another Oki from Choctaw. Linebacker Jeff Robertson, six foot one, 230 pounds. Jeff Robertson would have been the starter last year. He was the starter going up until around this point ahead of Xavier Benson as a freshman. He jumped off the charts athletically and he was only like 212, 215 pounds. He's 230 pounds now and he's still able to co- compete at the same athletic level. He didn't miss a step. He didn't lose a step. He's still every bit as fast. He's more agile. He's more versatile and he's bigger, which means he's probably going to be a little bit more hostile as well. That's a, a name in the linebacker room we all need to get familiar with because he's going to be huge moving forward. All right. Number four, speaking of huge, we're going to go with my man, Iman Oates, six foot three, 310 pound defensive tackle, also a local Oakey from Tulsa Edison. By way of NEO. We have an embarrassment of riches, almost a defensive tackle. Boom, Justin Kirkland, the baddest mama jamma in the room. Boom, Colin Clay, an NFL style of guy. And then you've got somebody like Aiden Kelly who's been coming up. You've got somebody like Xavier Ross who's making a massive name for himself last few weeks. And then you have somebody like I'm an Oates. I'm an Oates. I, I, I think... It's going to take a little bit of time. Because when you go back and look at the film, he dominates people. You want that. You expect that at that level. But the the side-to-side lateral quickness is something that I don't think he's kind of caught up with yet. But I do think he will. It might be during the season, right? That the process might slow down for him. And getting his lateral quickness might work out better as the games progress. He might not get a lot of PT because we're pretty loaded. But when he does play, I do expect him to be able to make some, make some noise and do some things. All right, number three, go back to the linebacker position because linebackers have been the most impressive thus far, as far as surprises go. And that's Nick Martin. Nick Martin, six foot, 220-pound Texarkana, Texas product. He's been waiting in the backgrounds. And when he does play, he makes plays. He reminds me a lot of Lamont Bishop, except for He's faster than Lamont Bishop. He's more athletic than Lamont Bishop. And he seems to have picked everything up quite a bit faster than Lamont Bishop. Lamont Bishop was probably going to be reserved like a, you know, a goal line style of guy. Nick Martin was kind of falling into that realm last year, I thought. But this year he's proved that's completely wrong. He can play all of the linebacker positions. He can even step in for Colin Oliver when need be. Step in for Xavier Benson if need be. What? Our depth is at linebacker is the most unforeseen thing coming into the year, at least in my opinion. All right, so now we need to we need to jump up, and now we're going to talk about a couple guys that I think have NFL written all over them, and they're super young. First one being Cameron Epps. Cameron Epps is a six foot three, two hundred ten pound cornerback, CB. That could be playing DB, safety, LB, whatever, wide receiver. The film on him was phenomenal. And then the conversations that I, I've had with with some of the players, he's been being brought up for months now. Cameron Epp's name was being talked about in the safety room during the bowl game and by some of the the, the older guys. Like, hey, watch out for this dude coming up. So I thought he'd be the starter this year, right here, right now. But that just shows you how good the depth is because Cam Smith has definitely taken hold of that spot opposite of Corey Black. You cannot replace the leadership Corey Black offers. But you also cannot replicate what Cameron Epps brings to the table. His name was brought up again today because he's an NFL-level guy. Cameron Epps is the next Justin Gilbert type of dude, the next A.J. Green type of dude. Write it down, mark it down, He's going to play. He's too good to keep off of the field, as is number one on the list. And we're going to go back to another Okie. We're going to go back to Choctaw, Oklahoma. You probably guessed it Deshaun Brown, six foot three, 260 pound defensive end that runs a four, six, four, seven, 40. Come on, man. And he rocks wide receiver number 87. That's going to take a little bit of getting used to. So we might as well get used to it now. Deshaun Brown was th- my favorite get in the class a couple years ago. We didn't get to see a lot last season. We got little glimpses, and you saw the athleticism. Like, that jumped off the, the, the pages. But kind of like Israel, when it comes to understanding the technique side of thing, and you can't just dominate people anymore physically, you have to learn moves as a defensive end. It's not just rip and swim. It's not just bull rush. Nowadays, you can you can set up spin moves and go opposite your spin move, and you can get the tackle to cheat their shoulders. And if you can get their shoulders and their hips out of alignment, you can go back inside or kick it outside. You have to learn how to use your body and also incorporate all of these moves. And then on top of that, you have to then learn to how to to start setting up the tackles, start setting up the guards to make the mistakes that you need, for you to get in the backfield, or for you to get a hand on the ball, or for you to get out to the flat and disrupt the running back. Deshaun Brown can cover sideline to sideline as good as, if not better, than Nathan Latou. Cody Waltersheed. He's not only a name that we remember because of his brother, but he got some PT last year. Um, but, guys, those are those are the guys that I think that are lower on the depth chart that we definitely need to know because they're definitely going to play, and they're going to play a very big part in this season. Depth is huge if you want any shot at going to Arlington. I think we've got the depth. I think we've got the talent. I think we should be in Arlington. Matter of fact, I might just go ahead and buy my tickets to Arlington right about now. i crazy. I don't mind. All right. Before we skedaddle on out of here, let's talk about Dez Bryant Versus the NCAA. Uh, Mike Gundy had an interview recently, and he talked about how ridiculous it was that basically Des Bryant told the NCAA that he did not go out to Applebee's with Deion Sanders and some of the Dallas Cowboy people. He had a receipt for $14.32 that he lied about. And the NCAA said, ha ha, gotcha suspended them for the entire season. Jim Harbaugh is doing dumb stuff sometimes, and he gets a slap on the wrist, four-game suspension. Could you imagine if it was today's age for, for Des Bryant back then? He'd have got a, a game suspension, maybe two. And then we'd be talking about the Oklahoma State receiving charts completely differently. He's viewed as one of the greatest ever to put on an Oklahoma State jersey. We knew that, but a lot of that came from him being a Dallas Cowboy. A lot of people didn't get to see what Dez was able to do in Stillwater. We got that, that benefit. We were privileged. But it is stupid, and this is part of my argument as to why the NCAA has become insignificant. Why the NCAA has put themselves in a position where they're probably not going to be very necessary in the next few years. The more realignment, the more NIL, the worse off it is for the NCAA. So we just need to cut the cord as soon as possible. But again, this is this is reasons like this is why. The death penalty for SMU, that's why. That's dumb. Going after the have nots because you know the haves make you money, that's dumb. Going after Des Bryant. That was dumb. If Des Bryant would have been at Bama, what wouldn't have been a wouldn't have been a conversation. If Des Bryant would have played for Georgia instead of beat Georgia, would have been a different conversation. And I don't think there's anybody out there that would that would argue that. So we love Dez for what he did with the Dallas Cowboys, but we also love Dez because he's a true cowboy. He loves Oklahoma state. He loves the opportunity he was given. He loves coming back to Stillwater, being involved in game days. Dez Bryant is Probably the reason a large por- portion of the young younger fan base is even fans of Oklahoma State. We all love Dez, but I think we all need to remember that if the NCAA wasn't as worthless as they are, we'd we be thinking of Des Bryant in a completely different light. Maybe not us, but the national NCAA football landscape would. He's remembered for being a Dallas Cowboy. He's not remembered as much for this because he didn't even get to play a single game in his final season. Over $14.32. It's ridiculous. I hate it. I hate it. I can't stand it. So the NCAA needs to get, get their crap together or move along. All right, y'all, uh, before we uh, get off, I do have to give a little bit of a shout-out. Congrats to Cowgirl Soccer getting the first dub of the year. That's how you want to start it. Could be, a, could be a good year for soccer as well Hi, you All right, y'all, that's all we're going to have for this one right here. As always, you know I love you. God bless. Go Pokes. And thank you for tuning in to make this your first listen. I know you could be anywhere else. I appreciate you coming and and, and rocking with me, especially on this funky, fresh, feeling good Friday. All right, y'all. Later, taters.